We want to tell you about the Culture Proof Conference happening in July of 2024. Yes, Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th to the 20th in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers talking about some great topics, and we're just looking for the Lord to, to truly move in our midst. This year's theme is resist. resist. As we look at what's going on in the culture, we want to be reminded of what our brother James wrote in James chapter 1, verse mm-hmm. 27b, where he told us to be unstained by this world, to keep ourselves unstained by this world. And one of the ways that we're going to equip you to do that is to alert you to what's happening in the world, yeah. alert you to what's happening in the culture, and also provide an actual practical response that keeps us unstained by the world. We have some great speakers coming out, Dr. Kathy Cook. We're going to have uh, Dr. Taryn Dames. We have we have some great things happening, like some breakout sessions. We have Culture Proof Kids, Culture Proof Teens. It's something for the whole family. And so you want to register. We're going to give out more information. It's coming. But you want to register. The registration will start in February. So just be on the lookout for that. Culture Proof Conference 2024 in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. We are super excited. More information as we get closer. Make sure you stay connected. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking about prayer. This is the second part to a five-part series on how to start well as a family. Yes. If you didn't get to hear part one, Your Family is Not a Buoy, make sure you go back and listen to episode 88. Yes. Um, we just really felt like, you know, in order to start well, there were some things that we needed to consider as a family, and we want to share those things with you. And so today we want to talk about prayer. In fact, to be specific, three things that you might teach your kids about prayer. I will say this, Will the Great, mm-hmm. I am um, forever grateful for your contributions to our family um, as it pertains to prayer mm-hmm. and the importance of prayer and keeping us, um, I don't know, how do I say this, like as a as a prayerful family. Yeah. That just doesn't sound right, but that's, that's what I feel yeah, in my heart. I understand heart. what you mean. Like prayer <laughs> is one of those things where... You, you know, you know that it's beneficial, mm-hmm. highly beneficial, and it speaks of our relationship with God, intimacy with Him. But it's one of those things that you feel like I never do enough. Yeah, like yeah. man, I should pray more. And I always feel that way. Um, if you even look at Jesus and His disciples, the one thing that they were asking Him was to teach us to pray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know, uh, I heard someone make the point. You know, out of all the things Jesus did, and they were watching mm-hmm. the, the miracles, the healings, all these things. Things, you know, that prayer teach us to pray was the thing. Yeah, you know, and so I think I think when it when it comes down to it, um, 
we have to have praying families. We have to teach our children how to pray. We have to understand what prayer is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the, the, the faults we, we have in our prayers is sometimes we go to God not even understanding who he is. Mm. And so we, we go to him like we're just talking to some other person. And there's an intimacy there. But, man, you know, he's God. And and we go there because we understand and know that he can do all things. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, it's an important thing in my life personally in the life of all believers it should be central in our family you know when there's sickness and things like that man let's pray break out the oil you know yeah. let's pray yeah. you know and then we can you know medicate and things mm-hmm. like that but man you know it should be top of the list you know so in our why families. do you why do you think we don't pray as much as we should like why you know yeah. and I've, I've thought about this so much even in my own life and there have been different I, I would say, um, I think impediments to prayer. Uh, I have some ideas about, like for me, what I've ha- I've had to overcome yeah. in being a prayerful person. I would like to say that it is as natural to me as breathing, but really it's not. I, I feel like mm. in my own life, I've really struggled with a lot of self-reliance. Like, oh, I know what to do. Oh, yeah. let me go do this. And just beginning to act rather than seeking the Lord. Why do you think we struggle with with yeah. prayer as as followers of the Lord. I believe that you hit it on on the on the head. Like we are reliant on 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 ourselves. You mm. know, we man, and we don't like to say that, but I think no. a big reason we don't pray is because sometimes there's a lack of uh belief and faith, you know, in who God is, but I think bigger than that is we think we can do it. Mm. And so yeah. and we wouldn't say that, but we think we can do it, so why pray? You know, I can handle this. Mm. You know, I know how to do this. Even if you know how to do a thing, you should still pray and cover that thing, you know, with prayer. Because God uh, can enhance your your ability to do what you think you know how to do anyway. And so the thing is, I I think we have a self-reliance and um, it comes out in our lack of prayer. When you say it that way... It really like it's it's very stinging. Right. Like when when we think about um, not praying uh, and and not even having it as an inclination to pray first, and then we connect that to an independence from God, Mm. a self-reliance, almost sort of making ourselves the source it is stinging, but I don't think we think of it that way. Like I almost think that it doesn't even enter our mind to consider what a lack of prayer says about how we see ourselves mm. and how we how see we the see Lord. Yeah. 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 No, that that's true. And and I think that's a good gauge, a good metric to see, you know, where we are. And so if if we are prayerless, I think we have to look and be real with ourselves and say, Do I think I can do these these things mm-hmm. already? You know, do I uh, operate like I don't need him? Yeah. And I think at the core of it, that's what's going on. And and so we, it's a serious deal because we should be dependent and relying on God in everything that we're doing. Do you think that prayer is something that we practice? Like, do we um, intentionally grow our dependence on the Lord? Or is it something that they're just people who are more spiritual? Like, do we see this even in our children? Like, there are some that are just more spiritual, and they're more bent toward prayer. And then, you know, there are others who you have to work at it. Or is it something that for all of us, we practice prayer, and that is to say we practice um, a dependence on the Lord. Yeah, I think for all of us, we practice prayer and a dependence on the Lord. Now, you might have certain people who are more bent spiritually to mm. be given to prayer, but they have to practice as well. It's not because it does not come natural to the flesh. 
The flesh mm, does not yeah. want to pray. The, hmm. the flesh does not want to rely on someone else. We feel like we can do it, you know? And so it, it, it does not come naturally. It's a spiritual endeavor. And so you have to, um, you have to just pray. You know, it's one thing to talk you about prayer. You have to just pray. You know, yeah. like we're talking about it now, but we have to be uh, ones that really pray, mm-hmm. you know? And that's one of the things um, uh, my pastor growing up, you know, he, he, he taught about prayer and he brought the church into a time of prayer and, and it lasted for years, you know, and it was very um, important for me in my formation as a, as a young man, you know, to have uh, the importance of prayer and to understand what it is. You know, sometimes we feel like we can't pray because we don't sound like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Man, God wants to hear from us. Yeah. Sometimes we feel like we don't have the right words. You know, God, the, one, one thing my pastor said was one of the pop, most powerful prayers is God help. Mm, he yeah. hears that Amen. because it's coming yeah. from a, a heart man that's that's in tune with him and it's like i need you mm-hmm. god help me god understands what the help me means yes he can fill in the blanks like he understands what you're saying when you're saying god help me mm-hmm. and so I, I i think prayer man is something that we sleep on and I, i've heard it said that one of the regrets and i, I don't believe we have, have regrets in heaven but i understand what they were saying yeah. is that we didn't pray more Mm. understanding what prayer is and the benefits the the a person was saying that regret would be that man I didn't do this more mm-hmm. you know because it's so beneficial to me and for me and in my relationship to God yeah i think we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to see the benefits of prayer in real time, whether that's uh, growing in our relationship with the Lord, uh, feeling that connectedness to him, um, seeing in real time. We're going to talk about this when we talk about the three things we want to teach our kids about prayer, Mm -hmm. but also seeing him respond to our requests um, as a good father. I think there are so many things that we have um, excluded ourselves from that we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And so we miss all of the benefits of that. You know, I think about prayer and I think about the, um, the, self-reliance that's a part of our culture as Americans. You know, we really are doers and there's nothing wrong with being a doer, but when you are a doer apart from the Lord, then you really become like a functional non-believer, right? right. Like by reality, what we're saying is that it all depends on, on, on us and it doesn't, right. It's not the reality. Right. No, you're, you're right about that. You know, in practice, we act like atheists, <laughs> like mm, people who don't yeah. believe, wow. you know, when we don't rely on God. And mm. that's a hard thing to, to you know, say about ourselves. Like, man, to say, man, I have a dependence on myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a Christian, that does not just roll off the tongue. Like, yeah. we don't like, you know, we don't want that to be. But when we look at our lives, is that how we're interacting, you know, with things? And that's how we're operating. Yeah. And so we have to really... Uh, you know, just challenge ourselves and ask ourselves those those type of questions. Yeah, I have found, and and again, just trying to communicate the reality, you know, that has been um, present in my own life is is that I I have to actively pray, like yeah. I have to intentionally set my heart toward um, actively depending on the Lord, yeah. and not going with my first recourse. And and I think you know our kids can see too when we do or don't depend on the Lord. We mm. actually are teaching them by what we model for them. Do yeah. we do we acknowledge the Lord um, in our life? Right? right? Like do we actively right. turn to Him first? Or do we always have a solution? Now, here's my question. Is there a, can you go overboard in that presentation of dependence on the Lord? Like, Mm. you know, do you model for your kids? Like, 
okay, oh Lord, what am I going to eat today? Like what, you know, what brand of whatever, like, or is it because the Bible says that we are to do all things with prayer, right? Yeah, and pray without ceasing. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think, man, I understand what you say. That's a, that's a funny question. Uh, I think, I don't think we can go overboard with depending on God. Amen. Okay. Yeah. So Amen. if if it's the smallest thing mm-hmm. and we feel a conviction in our heart to pray about it, we should pray about it. Yeah. Whether that be, should I go to this store or that store? I think I think God works in that because there are divine appointments that He has set up that if we miss it, you know, or we haven't been prayerful, we could miss it. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, it may seem like, oh man, they're doing too much of it, you know, or whatever. But man, if that's your conviction, man, pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Pray about everything. Pray without ceasing. You know, one thing, man, it was cool when I learned that I can pray all day if I want. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't have to be in my closet. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be in a special place, but just talking with God. Yeah. And I do that. Talk with God. And, and it may be short sentences. Mm-hmm. But he, he, I think those interactions count as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's really good for us when we start to talk about um, three things we want to teach our kids about prayer. Mm-hmm. It's good for us to think about what we think about prayer and what we believe about um, this blessing. Like, I mean, if you think about it. To have been given access to God, hmm. right? When the Apostle Paul teaches us in Ephesians chapter two that we were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, mm-hmm. right? And like the commonwealth, the blessing of knowing God. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. there's your commonwealth, the right? Commonwealth. That you know God, that you have access to him. Um, the Bible says that we were without hope, that we were without mm. God, but because he's rich in mercy, he has reconciled, he's brought us into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And And so now we have access to the Father, Mm. right? That is precious. And so prayer, actually, and tell me what you think about this, Will the Great. I I believe that prayer acknowledges that access to the Father is precious. Yeah. Like, because think about it. Like, we were without hope in this world, we were without God. We were excluded from that commonwealth. Mm -hmm. But now we have access to the Father because of the Son. 95% of all startup businesses fail, and that's not great. But not enough entrepreneurs realize that only 5% of business acquisitions fail. Blue Collar Millionaire wants to help you succeed in business. Business can be good if you know where to look, what to look for, and how to acquire what you find. That's what Blue Collar Millionaire is all about. Kevin, Mark, and Chris are three normal guys who grew their blue collar businesses into seven figure successes. Now, they are helping others do the same thing. You can learn more when you visit bluecollarmillionaire.net. That's bluecollarmillionaire.net. Let their proven strategies teach you how to purchase into instant cash flow, processes, and systems that create the lifestyle you've dreamed of. It's time for your hard work to work hard for you. Discover the war room at bluecollarmillionaire.net. That's bluecollarmillionaire.net. Yeah, definitely. It it shows that. And, you know, one of the things that always strikes me about prayer is I always want to go in and I try and I remind myself, I want to understand who I'm talking to and what great benefit it is that I can go to him that at one time there was a a veil that was, you know, you couldn't just go in Mm -hmm. to the Holy of Holies. Now we can approach the throne boldly, you know, and man, that's we don't I don't think we think about that when we think about prayer and we should because it can recalibrate our minds to understand 
how great it is that we can pray and talk to God. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a small thing. Yeah. You know, and the people of Israel, they understood that, you know, only the priests can go in. They have to have the, the, the bells and the pomegranates around the robe, you know, and if they, if it stopped ringing, you know, something <laughs> had to be pulled Send out. help. You know, yeah, yeah. it was a it was a place of reverence, a holy place. And I, I think we need to see our, pl- our prayer closets like that. You yeah. know, our times of prayer like that. We have to remind ourselves because we can get so like duty bound, like I got to pray, I got to pray and miss what it actually is. Ooh, that's good. OK, so I wanted to I wanted to get into the three things, but let's just hang out here for a minute. Um, becoming duty bound <laughs> and prayer becoming a disconnected discipline, Mm, something that we just have to do Mm -hmm. um, almost like from a superstitious point, you know, where we're just like, Oh God, I got to pray. I got to pray. Oh, I need to pray. Mm -hmm. We, man, how do we maintain prayer as a right relationship Mm. with the father? And yes, there is obedience involved because we are told to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Um, The apostle Paul wrote this in his letter to the Thessalonians, right? Mm -hmm. We are to pray without ceasing, um, but how do we make sure that it doesn't become just something that we feel compelled to do? I don't know. Yeah. That becomes just a ritual and that it is what it actually is, a relationship with the Father. Yeah, I, I think one one of the main things is that we have so many scripture, even Jesus talking about prayer and the motive behind prayer. Yes. You know, I think the Bible instructs us and recalibrates our mind on what prayer is. And so the word of God first. But I also think, you know, taking those scriptures and reminding ourselves, like, of who God is, mm. you know, Man, when you read through like Job and he talks about, you know, he and God is questioning Job. Do you know this? Do you know that? Yeah. It gives you a mind. It's like, this is the one I'm talking to. Yeah. Like, I think the Bible helps us to recalibrate our minds to who we are actually interacting with, mm-hmm. you know. And when we read the scriptures and see the largeness of God and who he is, it's like, man. So for mm. prayer to become just a duty, you know, it's almost like when I think about Moses, he understood something about God. Mm-hmm. He had an intimate relationship with God and it's played out in scripture. You can see, you know, that he was able to talk to God and God talked to him like he did a friend. Yeah. You know, that's what we should desire. And so the thing is, I think the word of God helps us to stay on track on, you know, how we are to view God mm-hmm. and and. That informs our prayers. It yeah. helps us to pray, understanding that we're not just, again, talking to just any old friend, you know, but man, he's a friend, but he's the creator of all things, all powerful, and he can do anything. Yeah. And so as parents, if we are not given to prayer, if that's not our, um, if that's not a discipline and um, a relationship fueled practice of ours, then maybe the very first prayer that we begin with is, Lord, teach me how to pray. Yeah. I mean, that that was the request of the disciples, right? right? Like, Lord, teach me how to pray. <laughs> and that is still a valid request for us today. Amen. Lord, um, help me to pray. Help me Amen. to depend on you and let that be reflected in the way that I pray. And so I think, man, you know, humility and coming before the Lord. I have many times said, Lord, I don't want to depend on myself mm. because I'm 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 guilty of that. Like my my first recourse is, oh, okay, I'm gonna do this. Okay, well, here's the idea, and then and then just begin executing, yeah. right? And the problem with that is that if you begin <laughs> depending on your humanity, mm-hmm. then you should expect your human results. Right. Uh, but I got to tell you, that's not what I seek when I start. Right. Even though I depend on me, um, I'm prone. That's my default to mm. depend on me. I often don't want my results. Like I'm like, I want 
but I want the Lord's results. Like yeah. I, and when I say that, I mean, I want the best results. It's interesting though, because I know that the best results are not my results, but I act as if they are. Yeah. And look, let me say this, you know, prayer, um, there's spiritual warfare that surrounds prayer. Mm-hmm. If you notice, and if you notice, like reading reading the Bible and praying and things like that, mm. the body, the flesh actually <laughs> begins to feel tired or or does your mind wanders. Mm-hmm. That and, and we may look at that as, oh, that's that's spiritual warfare. No, you're absolutely right. And a, a spiritual endeavor, praying, reading the word, fasting, mm-hmm. man, all yes. those things yes. that go against the flesh, you feel it. Yeah. You feel it. And so the teach our children how to pray we're teaching them how to enter into spiritual warfare that they would understand that this is part these are part of the weapons that paul talks about that are not carnal Mm -hmm. but mighty through god to pull down strongholds that we have weapons one of those weapons is prayer yeah you know and to teach our children at a young age how to pray if they're not feeling well first go to god and pray yes you know and and let ask him to touch your body you know if you have a problem go and pray yeah Man, setting them up like that, we're setting them up to win. Amen. Like I man, as you're as you're talking, I'm just thinking like it's probably really important that we teach our kids that they are engaged in a spiritual battle. They are. That it is warfare, that the that not only are the weapons of our warfare not carnal, but there's a reason that they are not carnal mm. because the Bible says that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Amen. Right. Amen. Like, so, oh, this is a different topic. So I, I, I kind of <laughs> almost want to hold it off and, and maybe, you know, throw it at you again later. But I'm just wondering. Yeah. OK, I'll just I'll just wait because I'm thinking about how we present to our kids and don't answer this because it'll okay. it'll it'll I mean, derail maybe us. the Holy Spirit wants to, you know, maybe so. Way. I don't know. <laughs> but here's my qu- maybe so. My question is, how do we present to our kids that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, mm. that we are in a spiritual battle? without frightening them. Like we want them to be Mm. sober about, because so often I think we like to teach our kids to pray, but we just want to, to, to be, you know, Mm -hmm. to marvel at their cutesy prayers. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, isn't that sweet? But Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. not realizing that we want to teach them to pray because in essence, we are inviting them to be co-laborers with us. We are teaching them that there is more than what we see yeah. in the world. Yeah, definitely. And my first thought is we always start with, you know, in our prayers, uh, we're, we we start with we are on the side of God. So Amen. there's no fear in that at all. That's good. So when we pray, we're talking to the one who can do anything, you know. And so even if the prayer is in our eyes, huge, like mm-hmm. there's something that we're bringing to him that is like insurmountable. We're still talking to God. Amen. So there's no fear, Amen. you know, like he can do it. Like, man, we know there are certain things that we are petitioning God about, That's you know, right. and we're expecting God to, to answer those prayers mm-hmm. because he's big. He can do it, you know, and whether that answer is not yet, mm-hmm. you know, we we trust him Amen. because he's wise and That's he right. knows why not yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we've and, and then we get an indication of that later on. We're like, oh, okay. Wow. So you know? <laughs> so we don't like, let's just be honest here, as parents, we don't necessarily like the not yet. <laughs> and the reason we don't like the not yet is because we have told ourselves that we need to protect the reputation of God. Mm. And we believe that his <laughs> reputation is always a yes, mm. especially if it's something we Man. want. 
Yeah. So we don't teach our kids that maybe God says no to your request or maybe yes. he says not yet. Yes. So then we don't teach them to pray because we don't want them to be disappointed. disappointed. But the no and the not yet is very uh, informative for our kids and and how this works. Yes. They have to understand that you're not going to get everything that you desire, that you have to be uh, in the vine. You mm -hmm. have to, your desires have to line up and it, it may be a not yet. So if it's a not yet, that doesn't mean no. Right. It, it means not yet. And it's for a reason. And, and it you usually mean, learn that reason a little later on. A little later <laughs> on. And we have to trust the Lord. Like, And the not yet doesn't mean that God is not good. You exactly. Know, look, the Bible He's gives wise. us some, he is infinitely wise. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's amazing because we have these comparisons that really come up short, but we think of of ourselves as parents, right? Like our kids ask us for th for things, we don't always just give those things to our right. kids. Like we we say no, right. not now. And because no. a lot of times we understand that this wouldn't be good for it's them not at this good. point. Yes. You know, maybe they're not oh. mature enough yet to handle that. So we wouldn't give them something that would destroy them. Same way with our Father God, mm. He knows the 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 end from the beginning, so oh, He understands. Man. He He sees what we need right at the moment and the things that we don't need. Yeah. And so we may feel like we need this, but God's like, uh, not yet, not That's yet. Right. There's a time when you will get this, but not yet. <laughs> man, He's wise. Amen. And so even in prayer, I think we model this for our children that we we we're open with them. Hey, we're praying for this. We're praying, and if they they may say, it may say, man, have we been praying for this? I don't see it happening. Yeah. You're right. God just said, wait, he, knows. he put a hold on it for a moment. Yeah. You know, but we know that he desires for us to do this or have this or whatever. But man, we're following him. Amen. You know, so I, I, all all of that is instructive for That's our right. kids. That's right. We've got to be able to um, I hate to say it this way and correct me if 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 there's a better way to say this, help me out. But I feel like as parents, we must allow God to be God. He mm -hmm. is who he is, Amen. right? And so what I mean by that is that we need to stop ourselves um, with this sort of like knee-jerk reaction to perfectly curate, you know, the mm. kind of approach that our kids will have to God, meaning that, you know, what well, we want to make sure they always see him as good by their definition of good. Mm. Right. God right. is not defined by us. Remember, we are made in his image. Amen. He is not made in our image. So we don't need to try to make him good according to our definition. He is good. Amen. God is good. And that means when he says no, when he says not yet, that is still good. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we filter the response we expect from the Lord mm -hmm. through our own human understanding. And then we project that onto our kids that mm -hmm. they should always expect a yes to their request. Mm. Um, and sometimes the answer is no. And that, and, and <laughs> God is still good in that. Amen. Right. All right. Three things yes. that we want to teach our kids about prayer. Number one, pray always. And mm. the scripture verse for this is Luke chapter 18 verses one through eight. Um, I want to read that, but first pray always. Yes. How do we teach our kids that? Yeah. It's like I was saying earlier for me, it, I, I don't remember when it dawned on me, but the, the fact that I can pray, all day if I want or at any time. And that's not a restriction because sometimes growing up in church, you may feel like prayer is relegated to the prayer meeting or, you know, maybe your time of prayer. But as you're doing different tasks and things like that, you can pray, Lord, help me. Mm -hmm. Simple prayers. So for me, when I, when I, when I read that, I'm like, pray without ceasing means that I have access to God all day, every day, you know, and a lot of times we just don't make use of that. 
but but it's there. And so we can pray all the time and we should communicate to our children that, man, even when you're doing your schoolwork, mm-hmm. even when, when you come up upon something that's like, man, this is hard. That's good. You know, I don't understand this. Man, pray. We we tell our children, if you lose something, your keys or whatever, we pray. And Ask I remember Ma- Mariah you. recently talked about something that she lost that she's been praying about. You know, pray. Yes. So it they we have to model this for our children. If we're not doing it, mm-hmm. then you know they probably won't do it. Yeah. And, and so prayer prayer without ceasing means that you can pray and have access to God anytime you want. For everything. For, for everything. everything. You know, and it's amazing yeah. because sometimes I think we approach the Lord and like, you know, maybe this is not true for everyone, but I've had these thoughts of like, you know, these little things, you know, you don't want to bother the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't want to bother the Lord. But I think mm-hmm. about how I feel about my children, like when they come to us with the things that matter to them, like our little Timmy, who is three years old, he loses toys all the time and mm. he comes to us. He wants a toy. He wants a lightsaber. Right. <laughs> and my goodness, you would think that it wouldn't be easy to lose a lightsaber. Right. But he comes to us and man, you know, the entire house gets involved. Right. It's like. And and part of it is because <laughs> he will not relent in asking. Mm, and that's there's a message in that. when he has lost something that is important to Mm. him i feel my help coming he will (laughs) he will not stop coming to us until he has recovered it Mm -hmm. and because of that oh man because of that right all of us are actively involved Mm. in helping him recover it wow um and it matters to us (laughs) that he that he has what he wants mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> partly because he gives us no rest. And there's a parable yes. about that as yes. well. But number one, we talk about three things that we want to teach our kids. We want to teach our kids to pray always And Luke um, chapter 18. I'm going to start at verse one. The Bible says, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Mm. You know, when I think about that scripture, you know, I know another um, translation said that men ought to always pray and not faint. Mm, So it tells me if you're not praying, you're fainting. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, to keep from fainting and being weak in this world and, you know, man, pray. Yes. Pray. It it builds you up. Man, God speaks to you and you have the revelation that you need, you know, for that day or whatever you need, you know. So men ought always pray and not faint. You know, I think when we ask our kids, when they tell us about a problem they have or question or a situation, I think that when we ask them, hey, did you pray we are telling them that we believe God listens. Yes. We we are telling them that there must be a dependence on the Lord and that that's good, that mm. that's that's that he is worthy that we put our trust in him. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe it's it's a good approach not to accuse them mm. of not praying, right. but to ask, "Hey, did you pray?" It's sort of like any other recourse that we might ask, "Did you explore this? Mm-hmm. Did you explore that?" I think to ask them Hey, did you pray shows that prayer is vital and necessary in all of the endeavors that they undertake. Amen. Amen. So I'll go back to Luke chapter 18, um, verse two saying, and this is Jesus uh, teaching a parable to the disciples to show that men ought to always pray and not faint Mm -hmm. or not lose heart. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not (laughs) respect man. There was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying, Mm -hmm. give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man Mm -hmm. yet, because this widow bothers me, I will 
will give her <laughs> legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? Verse eight, I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith mm. on the earth? Mm. Wow, man. So it gives you the, the picture of like, uh, you know, this persistent widow. But Jesus is saying, you know, God won't make you wait like that. Like, mm. you know, you don't have to wear him down. Just come and, and pray. Come to your father, you know. And then at the end, will there be faith in the world? Like that, those things are all connected. Because a lack of prayer is a lack of faith. Yeah. It's a lack of believing in the one that you say that you believe in, you mm. know, because why would you just not pray? You know, maybe you don't believe that anything would happen. You know, maybe you're going off the past and saying, well, I never got this and I prayed. I never got this and I prayed again. There's a reason for mm -hmm. that in his wisdom. Maybe he's like, not yet. You know, but man, those that's that's a great parable and it should teach us that we need to be persistent in prayer, but also that God is not just trying to make us just wait just for waiting's sake. That's you right. know, but he has a purpose and a plan. Yeah, he teaches us to trust him mm. and to depend on him and to lean on him fully right. and to be persistent in prayer. And I don't know why we think that that is a negative characteristic to be mm. persistent in prayer. Mm. Maybe we have confused being persistent and dependent on the Lord with nagging. And that is not how the Lord describes it. The The Lord wants us to come yeah. to him. Yeah. And even, and even if it's like a, you know, we're constantly coming. I mean, just look at the parable that Jesus, that right. Jesus taught, right? It's like, because she will be relentless. <laughs> Let me turn to her, right? This is the parable. I was thinking about something else. And I wanted to include this scripture verse to um, Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. We have a lot of kids and even parents who are anxious in our culture today. Mm. Um, and we have normalized anxiety as just a natural part of who we are and how we live. But actually, the Bible does not encourage us to be anxious. And I would directly connect a lot of the anxiety that we face, um, a lot of the things that we feel that would be inconsistent with how the Lord has invited us to live, totally mm -hmm. depending on him. Right. I think it's directly connected to a lack of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, in Philippians chapter four, we know this verse, uh, verse six, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. So you're like, well, what can I boast in my anxiety over? Nothing, <laughs> nothing right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then the result of that is verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind, uh, your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Man, we can teach that to our children. We should. We, we must, should. yeah. You know, because that's the antidote to anxiety. Yes. You need to know that. Yes. You need to know, instead of worrying, pray. You know, that's something that God spoke to my heart. Like, instead of complaining, more prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, anxiety, no, pray. And so you lay that burden on Jesus, you know, and he, in turn, 
gives you peace. Amen. That surpass all understanding. That would guard, put a garrison around your heart mm. and your mind. That's so good. And we need that. And our children need that. That's in right. In this world that they're growing up in, they need to understand that that prayer will guard their heart and their mind. Supplication, going to God, not worrying, not being anxious, but but going to God in prayer will serve them well. Amen. And we have the privilege of modeling that for them Amen. and leading them in that. Okay, number two mm-hmm. of the three things that we must teach our kids about prayer prayer, pray with humility. Mm. Do not pray with this arrogant sort of like a sense of entitlement. There's an expectation, but God doesn't owe us anything. Sometimes we come to God in prayer and we want to bring all of our receipts. Well, I did this, I did that, I did this. And so now God, you owe me. The Bible instructs us and we'll look at the passage, but the Bible instructs us to pray um, with humility, to come before the Lord with humility. And let me say this too, because I think this is something that I... I think you saw in me and was like, whoa, you know, sometimes like if God has spoken a thing and said something and you know that he said, I think it's all right to bring it up to him and say, God, you said, yes, God, you said, you know, and I, I think sometimes when we're, when we're praying, maybe uh, in, in a group. Or you're praying with your spouse Mm -hmm. and it could sound like, oh, man, is he being disrespectful? You know, what's going on? (laughs) But if sometimes you brought it up, there's that conviction and there's that relationship where you're like, man, but God has said this and I believe it. So, man, you said it. So I believe you got to carry this out. And it's not like twisting God's arm Mm -hmm. like and he, you know, God, God can do whatever he want to do. But I think his people can remind him of the things that he said, especially the things we see in this word. Amen. Like we can pray this back to him and say, God, your word says, you know, this is what you have already said. Yeah. Now, let me say this. I when 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 we first got married. Um, I didn't think that you prayed pridefully at all. Mm. That's not how I would describe it. But you prayed with a confidence and a boldness that was unfamiliar to me. Like I just, um, and I didn't realize this until I was married. I, I recognize um, that I prayed with a fear of God. Now, I don't mean a reverence. I mean, I was afraid of God. Like mm-hmm. I would pray and and offer all of these disclaimers, almost like, you know, my view of God was that he was carrying a lightning bolt and that if I said the wrong, and I, man, I'm embarrassed a little bit, <laughs> little twinge of embarrassment to even say that, knowing him the way that I know him now. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a thought like, mm-hmm. um, man, I don't know why that hits me like that. But that's not who God is. The the Lord loves us, you know? And I was afraid of him. You know, Mm. I I thought like, um, you know, that he was just waiting to smite me. And so my prayers were not even sincere. Like Mm. they were sincere in as much as I thought this is something I could pray or this is something I should pray. But if I thought that I shouldn't pray it, then I didn't. And, um, and so I wasn't honest with the Lord in Mm. prayer. And I think it's important for us to be able to be honest with the Lord. That is what shocked me about the way that you prayed and that you had a real, like you, it, it really sounded like you had, um, a real relationship with him that I was not familiar with. And so I was afraid because I was just afraid. You know what I mean? Like I was like, Oh, the Lord's going to take my husband. Like, you know, (laughs) and the thing is, but to your point, you know, we should all, even in, in being able to pray in a way that, you know, you feel like, man, God has said, or this and that, it has to be 
in humility. Amen. We have to walk lightly before God. Yeah. We can't come. We're not entitled. He does not owe us anything. Right. You know, man, he's given the, the very best. And man, if he does not, and it's true, and I know people have said this, but if he, if he does not give us anything else, it's enough. Like he has yeah. given all yeah. that we need. And so that should be a humility. That should be a, a recognition of who he is as we're coming to him, that he's holy, that he's, that he's other than like that, man, we have to have that type of mindset because that's the truth and the Amen. reality. Amen. The passage is in Luke chapter 18 and it starts at verse nine. It says, and he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves <laughs> and they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Man, so Bible. we're talking about <laughs> it's like tell it all. three things we want to teach our kids. <laughs> Number two, pray with humility. And mm. here is what he taught in verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was Mm. praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. So So point number two, teach your kids to pray with humility. Amen. Amen. Look, that's one of those parables is like, Lord, help me to have humility. You know, I mean, it's just striking when you hear uh, uh, this parable and the difference between these two individuals, Mm. you know, one self-righteous, the other one is like, Lord, I need your mercy. (laughs) Wouldn't even lift up his eyes to Mm -hmm. heaven. You know, man, the posture of his heart was right before God, you Amen. know, that humility, um, it just, it, it, man, it, it was all over him. Yeah. And so that's what we should strive to be like humble. Lord, help us Amen. to be humble as we approach you. Yeah. We don't want our kids walking around like, Hey, I pray. Oh, hey, we pray man. around here. Like, like, oh, you know, I've been praying all my life. Look, that's you so know what easy I mean? to get into, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, being self-righteous because you do something, man. No, no. Lord, help us. Help us mm-hmm. not to be that way. Amen. All right. Number three, Teach your kids to pray with expectation. They're not just speaking out to the air. Like they are talking to the one true and living God. And because this is true, we should teach them to pray with expectation. And even as we previously pointed out, even if that response is not now, Mm. or if that response is a no, we should teach them that they are praying to the God who hears. Mm. Um, Luke chapter 11, I'm going to start at verse one. (laughs) Um, It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. (laughs) The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. 
I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I'm mm. thinking of Timmy with that lightsaber. <laughs> so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And then mm. Jesus continues on. And, and basically there is a comparison that is made between us as parents, the father, right? Mm. Verse 11 says, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. Mm. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? (laughs) Or if he is asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I mean, Mm. think about that, man. There's there's so much much in in that. Yeah, Yeah, that's powerful. And this is the second example we had of persistence in prayer. Amen. Amen. You know, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's right. You know, uh, man, it's amazing to me when you talked about uh, having an expectation. You know, I'm just recalling uh, the scripture where Jesus went to, I, I, I believe it was his hometown, but it, the Bible said he marveled at the unbelief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no expectation, you know, wow. of what he would do. And he did not do many miracles in that place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, there should be an expectation in our prayers. If we don't, James tells us, if we, if we don't even believe that, you know, we're going to receive what we ask, man, we, we, we shouldn't we, we shouldn't think we're going to get it, you know, right. if we don't have the mm. faith to believe it, you know. And so the, the, the thing is, there has to be an expectation. We can't be double-minded, yes. you know, and unstable in all of our ways. Ways. Um, and if when we go to God, we have to understand, first of all, who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to go in humility, but go asking and, and having an expectation that he would do what he would do. Yeah, that passage that you were referring to is in James chapter one. And in the context, it is James telling us that if we lack wisdom, we should ask the ask Lord. It, yeah. But he says if in verse five, chapter one, verse five of James, it says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, mm-hmm. and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting for the Mm. one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for that man, to your point, Mm -hmm. ought not to expect that he will receive anything Anything. from the Lord being a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's right. That's right. We we can teach our children this expectation. You know, we have to we should teach our children this. This will set them on the winning path. Amen. And I say winning. I'm not talking just about competition. I'm talking about in life and being able to serve the Lord. Yeah. So if you're keeping up with us, this is a five part series um, of how to start well as a family. Number one, your family is not a buoy. Number two, three things that you want to teach your kids about prayer. So if you wanted to just kind of summarize number two, prayer. All right. Um, We want to start well as a family and we want to share the things with you that the Lord has impressed upon our heart as we are journeying together, awaiting the return of the Lord. We want to be found faithful. We want to resist those cultural trends that rival the truth. And we want to remain culture proof until next time. Lord willing. God bless.